Like a child who's afraid of the dark But when I call on Jesus All things are possible I can mount on wings like eagles and soar When I call on Jesus Mountains are gonna fall Cause He'll move heaven and earth to Come rescue me when I call La 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 Weary brother Kings chapter 5, and probably, if you have a bulletin, you probably already have your Bible loaded, cocked and ready for the gospel gun, and uh, to take off here, 
As we continue our series, this is 12th in a series looking at Elijah and Elisha, just going straight through, looking at some of these high points in their life. Uh, again, matter of fact, that's what I use for my sermon. I preached Thursday uh, e- uh, evening at church camp, and we talked about the entire life of Elijah in 30 minutes. We hit every single point in Elijah's life, which... The title of my sermon was The Final Flight. Well, we were talking about flying and uh, learning to fly. And, of course, our final flight is going to be the rapture or the resurrection, depending on when Jesus comes. Now, Elijah had a final flight, didn't he? It was the fiery chariot, and whenever he went on home in glory. Uh, last week, we uh, looked at uh, Naaman, and he was a great man and a leper, and uh, he but was healed of his leprosy, and we'll basically continue to pick up that story uh, in just a second. I know that uh, I, I want to uh, uh, brag on Trey real quick. He made West Central Church Camp this last week a lot of fun. He's our recreation director, and uh, he had a lot of volunteers. I know uh, uh, Jason was elected the assistant dire- uh, recreation director at church camp, and he had a lot of help with other people, Brian and, and Nick, just huge volunteers, other people, uh, Lane, different ones, made them, those kids have a blast with physical things uh, there, things to do, rocking and rolling. They were taught, I love, I've been having my class now for this is my eighth year at West Central Church Camp, and uh, eighth summer here at Promised Land. Anyway, uh, I had 60 students in my class every day. It was phenomenal. Tenth through college age, we had some awesome lessons. They were excited about it. They were telling their teachers and sponsors about our lessons. I was very excited also, That's but that's about four years of stretching out there. Now, Taylor and Sean Welchman, I'm having trouble saying that, Taylor and Sean Welchman, but uh, they had just 7th grade, they had 55 7th graders in their class. Their class was so large, they met on a basketball court and just sat everybody down on concrete. And that was their classroom. And uh, outside, of course, they picked the basketball court that was in the shade and uh, sat on the basketball court over there on the girls' side. Many of you in church, been to church camp know where that's located. And uh, so that's a big class. There was a lot of students this year got to hear the preaching of the gospel. And, of course, as usual, combine lost people with the preaching of the gospel, the Holy Spirit, boom, 44 salvations, and so it was all worth it. If you will, stand with me for the reading of God's Word. I can't let you get too comfortable. And uh, let's read this here in Second Kings chapter 5, verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman this Syrian and not receiving at his hands that which he bought, brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. He's being a little selfish. 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I ask that you would help us as we read and study your word today. And I praise your holy name for these awesome young people today that have been saved by your spirit, that you have come into their heart, into their life, and drastically changed them. Father, lead them, guide them. Thank you for everybody that's here today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for reading this. When selfishness takes you over. Selfishness is, I mean, we just go right hand in hand and looking at this. This kind of reminds me of the story of the prodigal son. Many of you are familiar with that story, the prodigal son. Luke 15, you know, great story. And basically also a story in parenting, how that this father, and he was, and and I kind of look at him like, son, you want to learn your lesson? Okay, here you go. Here's the portion of goods that belongs to you. You want your inheritance right now? Here you go. He allows him to leave, waste his inheritance in a far country, and then, of course, learns his lesson. The Bible says it this way, when he came to himself, he comes back to his father, and it's a story of restoration and forgiveness. And there's no greater lesson in Ashley County about restoration and forgiveness. Folks, we need more forgiveness and restoration in Ashley County. Amen? Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. God's grace, you give it. It's given away. It's a free gift. Here, somebody's thinking that, hey, he really tried to purchase it. But, guess what? Many of you know the story of the prodigal son does not end there. There is also the prodigal's older brother. And how that he was full of jealousy, full of envy, full of all these other feelings that were undealt with over the years. And then his father has to deal with that after the restoration and forgiveness of this wayward young man. We have a similar situation here. A great story about Naaman, say a general, uh, colonel, whatever. He's a great man in the Syrian army, but he's a leper. And he goes to the man of God. He finds out where to go, who to see. And he tells him here, he says, uh, you can be saying, what do I need? can I buy this? No, it's free. And he says, all you have to do is go wash yourself seven times. Dip, <laughs> duck, dunk, however what word you want to use in the Jordan River. And he says, that's foolish. But somebody says, you're still a leper. It's not going to hurt to try. And you know, you think salvation, and as I was talking about Paige up here, and how that uh, somebody may be young, and uh, but they come to understand and hear the gospel. It's not rocket science. It's pretty simple, but it takes just saying, I know I'm a sinner. And I need Jesus to save me. That's all it takes to be saved. You must realize you are a sinner. And I have to personally ask Jesus to save me. Anyway, Gehazi is 
he's been around a little while. He's been helping Elisha out. Matter of fact, he's not really kicked out. He continues to serve, he's mentioned later on, uh, with Elisha. And so he hangs around him, probably pertaining, he does his Levitical law thing, but he messes up big time. Folks, everybody in this room has messed up big time. You're lying to yourself. Matter of fact, that's what selfishness leads to. Selfishness always leads to lying. It always leads to lying. Everybody in this room has been selfish. Everybody in this room has lied. If we say we haven't, we're lying again. Okay? And so everybody in this room has committed these sins. And that's why we need God's grace, God's forgiveness, and realizing when we do. Most people, most people in this room that are some, you know, we, you know people that are susceptible to like alcoholism. And some people are, I know people that are habitual liars. And, uh, but they just need God's grace and God's forgiveness. You have to be that much more patient with them. Uh, they have to work on it. They have to work, just like an alcoholic works on things. I've met people that were Christians that dealt with the problem of, of, uh, all sorts of, uh, physical weaknesses of per, uh, pertaining to gossip. I just can't help talking about people. I just can't help running people down. I just can't help it. It's part of my flesh. It's part of my makeup. And people, it's, you know why? It's a habit. And habits all come from the flesh. All of our habits do. I have, we all have habits. Lazy habits. Strong habits. Uh, strong-willed habits. Uh, uh, selfishness habits. Thinking of only of yourself. Matter of fact, it doesn't take too long. I've been on the phone and been in front of people that some people want to tell you everything about them and some people want to find out all about you. People are wired differently. People are wired differently. And Gehazi, well, let's look at what happened here. Greed and selfishness. You know, and as we look here, there's some interesting facts, and I mentioned it on the first point in the first bullet. Uh, it says, uh, Behold, the, my master has spared Naaman this Syrian. You know, he might have, whenever he said that, he might have been looking down because Gehazi was not a Syrian. It's kind of like looking at, well, they're this Hispanic. They're a black person. They're a, they're a oriental person. You know, some people just look down on people because they're different. And this is, Gesundheit. And this is, uh, what all of us face in life. All of us face this. Every one of us can be, uh, prejudiced. You can be prejudiced against short people. You can be prejudiced against fat people. You can be prejudiced against tall people. You can be prejudiced against other races. You can be prejudiced for any category you can think of. And what does he say about Naaman? This Syrian. You know what? He came here loaded. He was prepared to pay through the nose for a miracle. But then he told him to go down there and wash seven times. And Guess what? Greed caused him to make an obvious bad choice. Matter of fact, uh, we call this a bully. He says, you know what? I will run after him and take somewhat of him. You know, and it says take. Now, he was in a position to take. Have you ever heard of people in authority like, say, a a government, and this is, uh, well, no, and I remember one time whenever I was in uh, Romania, 
and I was headed into Moldova, Russia. In the 1992, Moldova had a civil war. And there's a small country inside, you can Google it and look it up, it's called Transnistria. Ask me how to spell it after church. And uh, But anyway, Transnistria was a country inside of Moldova, still occupied by then the Soviet Union. Well, my American passport kept popping up. We had to, and I said, oh, you want to go into Moldova to what? To preach the gospel, huh? Okay. Uh, how much, let's see, uh, how much money do you have? Well, duh, we're not going to tell you that. And I remember going, is going through, because they, what? They want to, they want to see, they will say it costs $25 for an entry fee. Well, they'll just lie in their pockets. How about $50? How about $100? How much do you have? Well, corruption, greed, it's all, they, they want to take anything they can. I remember bribing my way through six military checkpoints with, I had a duffel bag, because they, I thought I was going to be passing it out to kids. But they wanted cigarettes, so I didn't have any cigarettes, but I had a duffel bag full, this is the Soviet Union, a duffel bag full of American chocolate, Hershey bars, Snickers, Reese's peanut butter cups, those are good ones, brother, there. Reese's peanut butter cups, all those Milky Ways, American chocolate, oh yeah, oh yeah, going through, going through, first time I'd ever been on the business end of an AK-47, I remember coming over a bridge when there's a tank leveled at your car. The missionary from Romania who's going into Russia is saying, pray, Brother Michael, pray. We I'm saying, what have you got me into? This is crazy. You know, the missionary who does this every Sunday is telling me who's only been over here once to pray that we make it through this military checkpoint. Well, that's called greed, by the way. Greed. When and there's also that's also called a bully. Whenever you are in a position, bullies are either bigger, older, and they try to take advantage of others based on what they want. Bullies at school, there's bullies at work, there's bullies everywhere in life. And all that and guess what Gehazi was doing? He was being a bully. By taking advantage of Naaman and saying, Hey, I am a man of God. And I represent Elisha. And he says, and he brought in two helpers. And he says, we need two talents of silver. And we need, uh, which by the way, why do they have to tote it and take it to the house? It says the tower. Those talents of silver weighed about 75 pounds each. No wonder he needed some help carrying it. And two changes of clothes. But anyway... So, and of course, the Bible says, and we're not going to turn there, but 1 Timothy 6, to learn to be content with what we have. Verse 22, 21 and 22, Gehazi followed after Naaman. Now, here's what I want you to notice. It says in verse 21, he's following after him, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from his chariot and said, Is all well? What are you doing running up, catching up with us for? Folks, have you ever... And I know all of you have. I remember one time uh, trying to pull one over on my mom, and I think I've told that story before. But uh, one lie always leads to another lie. It's all well. Yep. All's well. No, it wasn't. He was about to pull the rug over his eyes. 
Is everything okay? Guess what? Well, no. And what he, notice what he does. He begins to lie. In verse 22, he says, All is well. My master has sent me lie, saying, Behold, even now there be come from Mount Ephraim two young men. In other words, I got two helpers coming of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. He says, Well, I'll give you two talents and a change of garment. Da 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 da. And some say, well, a talent for each of them. But that's fine. But listen to this. He lied twice. He said that, number one, all is well. All is not well. Number two, he says, Elisha, my, my Lord, my Master, I'm a student of His, I'm His servant, has sent me another lie. And then he's going to tell Elisha a lie here later on in a second trying to cover up what he had done. But folks, greed and selfishness always leads down the wrong path. And it's... The very first thing you can do. And folks, so many of us struggle. Why do we not apologize for sin? Pride. Pride. Matter of fact, I do want you to head to John chapter 8, which tells us about Satan being the father. Of course, he was the very first one to lie, wasn't he? In John chapter 8 and verse 44, the Word of God says this. Matter of fact, this is uh, the words of Christ in talking to the Jews and the Pharisees. He says, now if you back up to verse 43, Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. Who? He's saying you are obeying Satan. No, folks, that's some pretty strong words from our Lord and Savior. Jesus told these people, you are of the devil. And he is your daddy, not mine. So, that's pretty harsh. That's a... But it was... It was the truth. He, matter of fact, it goes on to say, he was a murderer from the beginning and abode... Now, who did he kill? Did you know he killed Adam and Eve spiritually? There's all sorts of metaphors there you can take and look at. A murderer from the beginning, a robber of life, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Matter of fact, in this world, have, hey, listen to me very closely. This is very easy. Have you ever told somebody the truth and they refuse to believe it? Well, a lot of times we choose to ignore the truth. You can tell an atheist there is a God. I don't believe in God. Yes, but He believes in you. It's the truth, isn't it? God's Word says to beware of these things. Be on guard against these things. Because why? These things will creep into your life and by the way, if they'll creep into our life, they'll creep into the church, they'll begin to affect us. 
And folks, I know we... Have you ever... Remember when Jesus told them, <laughs> you do strain in a gnat and swallow a camel. In other words, you're looking at all the wrong things. You're, you're getting your priorities all out of whack. You're, I mean, and think about it, our whole goal as a church, you can take away these padded pews, you can take away these walls, you can take away everything. We would be hot, but we could meet out here under a tree and still accomplish our goal. All of these things are tools. Our goal is to see people get saved and follow the Lord. That's what life is all about. That's what our church is all about. Let us not lose sight of what is important. And I, that's what happened to Gehazi. He became selfish. Two reasons people lie. Now, this has happened probably 1.9 trillion times in Ashley County. Have you ever lied to make yourself look better? Well, folks, if you've ever stretched a deer or a fish, you've lied to make yourself look better. We've all done that just a smidgen, <laughs> a little bit, and the whole reason, you say, well, it's a white lie. Well, that's true. That's true. Now, a lot of people, now, I want to get on one of my pet peeves real quick because I have time to do it. A lot of people, when they say, well, it's a white lie, if somebody goes to church, they always follow it up with this statement, which is an error. Well, one sin is just as bad as another sin, so you shouldn't white lie. Well, that's wrong, okay? Uh, the only time that applies is whenever you're saying everybody is a sinner. Because in the Bible, some sins had greater consequences than others. So there are worse sins. And I've tried to, tried to teach that over the years. There are worse sins. Now, sure, everybody sins, everybody lies. White lies, big lies. But folks, I would rather meet up with a liar than a murderer <laughs> any day. Lie to me all you want. I'd rather not meet up with a murderer or a thief. But the, even the Bible had some sins carried the death penalty, some sins carried restoration or something like that. You can look them up. All the laws had different consequences. But anyway... But the only time one sin is just as bad as another sin is whenever you're saying we're all sinners. We're all guilty. That's whenever that applies, that rule applies. But anyway, so why do people lie? To make themselves look better, you lie. Or to cover something up. I, I don't know. Lie. Uh, it wasn't me. Lie. I, I don't, you know, I'm just you know, in a lie. There's mainly two reasons for lying. To make yourself look better and to cover up the truth. And guess what? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And so all lies are deceits. And Jesus, excuse me, Satan deceived Adam and Eve. Mainly, he deceived Eve. But anyway, finally, the last point, be sure your sin will find you out. And that's just quoting Numbers 32, 23. Matter of fact, if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, you ought to. Uh, that's a good verse. Your sin will find you out. 
Did you know that probably there's a lot of people in here, you say, well, I lied one time and nobody found out about it. Yeah, but God did. And he'll, he'll, he'll take it out later. I don't know how. But did you know two things? Number one, y'all know God never messes up. And did you know he's going to be a perfect judge? Two things I know. Number one, God's never going to mess up. Number two, he is a perfect judge. He will figure it all out. I, don't, don't worry about trying to say, well, I wish they would pay for their sin so I could watch it. <laughs> That's your flesh. I wish they would get what... Have you ever thought this? I know you have. Every one of us have, including me. I wish they would get what they got coming to them. Who are we even to make that statement? That's putting ourselves in the place of the Lord. Isn't it? It's not our place to even think that. It's not, you say, matter of fact, if you read Romans chapter 12, it says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, thus saith the Lord. In other words, you know what the context of Romans 12 is? Don't repay evil for evil. Matter of fact, it says this. Repay evil with good. I don't want to do that. But did you know if you're saved, that's what you're supposed to do? If you're saved, that's what you're supposed to do. Well, in verse 25, he lies to his master. He went in and Elisha said unto him... Uh, now, in the King James, I want to read it in the King James, then I'm going to put it the way you and I talk. Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. How would we do that? Where have you been? Nowhere. I, I've just been hanging out, chilling. I've been hanging around the house. Liar. He said, my heart went with you when you followed Naaman. I know what you did. Can you imagine? I will never forget that whenever I, the times and parents, most parents have a built-in lie detector. Built-in. You know your kids. You do. Matter of fact, some of, some of you can even tell when your dog's lying to you. Yep, he's lying. A, he, no, no, no coon up there lying. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, you know, you know your kids, you know your animals. This, you know, and there's a natural lie. You can read them like a book. There's lie detectors and people won't look you in the eye. People will do this. People will fidget. People will turn all shades of colors. People do all sorts of things and still lie. Lie to you. Can't keep a straight face. Lie to you. Can't look you in the eyeball. Can't do this. Can't do that. But guess what? Not only was Elisha, did he have natural lie detector ability, but he had the Lord's help and he said, I saw you. How could you do this? See, you know what he said? He clicked whatever. I don't know what he clicked, but he said, the Naaman's leprosy that he had is now on you. Boom! He became white as snow. In Galatians chapter 6, the Word of God talks about how to treat others and how to deal with others. 
Matter of fact, uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 10, the whole thing's about helping each other out, bearing one another's burdens. But by the way, verse 5, it says you are responsible for your own actions. And guess what? If you're responsible for your own actions, guess what? Pay very close attention to what I'm about to say. Selfishness and greed, trying to get your own way, trying to always manipulate others, trying to lie to get your own way, trying to lie to be selfish, trying to deceive others and pull the rug over other people's eyes. The Bible says this, the way you treat others will come back and bite you. Because whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. Look what it says. The whole Galatians chapter 6, especially verses 1 through 10. It says, when you shall, you helping it, you should help other people out. By the way, you're responsible for your own actions, bear your own burdens. And then it says, listen to me very closely. And you should teach other people and help other people out. In verse 6, teach others in good things, but listen to me. But be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And if you sow to the flesh, in other words, if you act, if you listen to your flesh, you will reap corruption. But if you listen to your spirit, you will reap life everlasting. In other words, you will reap what you sow. That's kind of a duh moment. Okay? You will reap what you sow. It's all right there. And by the way, verse 9, if you, hey, if anybody in this room, in this room, and we're about to have a hymn invitation, so Jared, get ready, get your hymn book ready, and musicians, you're fisting to be ready, guess what? Guess what? Guess what verse 9 says? If any of you ever get frustrated about, let's just say that this way, if you ever get frustrated about life, the Bible says don't give up. Verse 9. Oh, oh! by the way, stop trying to make... Oh, since this is dealing with treating other people, please don't ever forget this. This has helped me and pastor in more ways than one. Matter of fact, Jared, you just walk right on up here and Miss Dina and whoever else, y'all just start walking that away. Because y'all, the rest of y'all listen to me very closely. Don't give up. If you get frustrated in life, it's part of life. Deal with people. You have to. Or you'll be, you'll be pulling out what little hair we have left and don't have left, Brother Ed, until Jesus comes. But deal with people the way they are, not the way you want them to be. You can't change anybody. God does that. It's not my job to change anybody. God called me to preach the Word. That's it. God is in the people-changing business. That's what He did to these young ladies' lives. So to the Spirit. So to the Spirit. That's right there. Gehazi, I didn't listen to his Spirit, did he? He listened to his flesh. 